I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Your source for Big Ten Talk. It's off tackle. Empire. She's a corn star. Welcome back to Off Tackle Empire. It is Nebraska weekend. Ooh, boy, it's, uh, it's early in the season for stock footage of, uh, of a corn harvest, isn't it? But look, we're, Nebraska is at this point in the series mostly just because of the result on paper and not at all because of uh, program trajectory. If we were doing any projection, you'd probably see Nebraska at least a month later. But remember, this was a 4-8 and eight team last year, albeit with a couple of nice wins towards the end of the year. I'm not, you know what? I'm taking that back. I'm not calling the Michigan State game a nice win. That was that was more about Michigan State losing. And now I don't want to talk about this team. What were you saying? I was saying something about Nebraska and Scott Frost and getting hyped. And how Adrian Martinez has emerged as one of the Heisman Trophy favorites. Yeah, that's that's dumb. That's not going to happen this year. Um, and not to say that it might not happen in his career. Next year, 2020, would seem to be the year to keep an eye out for that. Because um, they're still going to be, I mean... Offensively, what do they have other than outside of J.D. Spielman for him to work with? You know, didn't, well, didn't, got, didn't uh, the running back get in some trouble? That Washington guy, or am I thinking of somebody else? Well, Maurice Maurice Washington. Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought he did, but they do have Wondell Robinson coming in, and that is a pretty big time recruit. Yeah, they've recruited extremely well overall. Actually, fourth best class in the conference, good for 18th nationally. Massive class though, 27 guys, uh, and also but a high average rating among those. Like, a, yeah. this is this is yeah. a solid. You know, you do this for four years and you're competing for the Big Ten Championship type of recruiting class. Yes, because you are head and shoulders above anybody in your division for sure. Yeah. Um, you, now, you may not be on an equal footing with Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, but... One Graham Mertz does not a recruiting powerhouse make. Right. Um, and you can hunt as many Johnsons as you want, but it's not stacking up to what Scott Frost has done in his, <coughs> in his short tenure as no. far as the recruiting is concerned. No, and it's it's... Also, not only is there great talent, but also a return to what an ideal Nebraska recruiting map looks like, which is to say pins all over the place. If I counted correctly, and I I just kind of eyeballed this, so I might be off, it appears to me they have 16 states represented in this recruiting class. Yeah, the walk-on program, that's where you get the real grinders. I don't see anything about the walk-on program. Okay, cool. So the walk-on program in modern football might get you one starter every couple years. Hey, you know what's really funny? Seen a lot of articles about how like that's been like a really big hit for Illinois under Lovey Smith is the walk-on program. <laughs> Sweet! We are gonna compete in the nineties. Right. 
Right. Maybe it was maybe it was fun to use walk-ons before there were national recruiting services and camps 365 days out of the year and 7-on-7 and AAU and all the means by which you can actually identify lots of talent outside of the top couple hundred kids. Um, but anyway, a lot of incoming talent. As you mentioned, some potential real impact players right away. I also, the one that stuck out to me was Darian Daniels, trans- grad transfer from Oklahoma State. Probably going to start from day one at defensive tackle. Um, and yeah, this return to true national recruiting is going to serve them well, especially in, it's easy to project Nebraska as being at or near the top of the division already in year two with Frost. When you look at, look at the fact that they didn't really lose a whole lot. Um, Divina Zigbo, um, you know, Stanley Morgan, uh, Luke Gifford, those are losses, but nobody who's irreplaceable, um, especially with the way they're recruiting now. They actually, they had a draft streak. How long would you think it had been since Nebraska did not have a player drafted into the NFL? Into the NFL at all? No, no draft picks this year. How long has it been since that happened? I'm say 1962. I don't, you pretty damn close actually, 56 years. So 63, I think, like the next huh. year. Did you just did you know that or did you just guess? No, I actually guessed. Damn. Do you do you really want the explanation? Um <laughs> no. You know what? We, no, I don't think I do. These have been shorter than maybe they ought they, they ought to, so Alright. Um do it. I bet I know I bet I know where this is going, but go ahead. Because you're wondering just how this is about how Illinois is bad. Yeah, I gotta see I, I even I, with my deep experience with this neurosis of yours, I can't see but Show, so, me, show me this whole glorious picture. For oh. Illinois week last year, uh, me and the guys at Champagne Room did an Illinois Mythbusters thing. One of those myths is, of course, well, Illinois, of course Illinois is bad. Your fans are bad. You don't show up when the team is bad. Michigan State was bad one time. Iowa had that one year where they went 4-8 and eight and the oh, fans still showed up. We absolutely bailed on Michigan State. So, bad. But, but go ahead. <laughs> you know, which, to which my argument was, yeah. You're not talking about teams that really were, like, sincerely god-awful for decades. Yeah. Uh, in order to go, like, we're talking scraping off the bottom, winning one, two, three games uh, for, like, years until the diehards don't believe in it. And let's look at some of these programs that are such paragons of fanhood and go back to when they were really bad and see what happened. Well, it just so happened that in 1961, Nebraska was god-awful and didn't win any games, and they couldn't even fill up their 30,000-seat stadium for blood rival Oklahoma that year. So, that's how I just happened to know that Nebraska really sucked in the beginning of the 60s. (laughs) It's because it is evidence that Illinois fans are people too, damn it. And if you just abuse us and beat us for three decades, we're eventually going to stop putting our hands on the stove. Well, the smarter, the ones among us smarter than me will. So Nebraska football. Um, <laughs> so Nebraska football, yes. it's been, <coughs> But my point is that I had to go back that far to find a time when they were so bad that they weren't filling up the stadium. So, yeah, that's absolutely a testament to how, how uh, consistently they've been pumping out NFL talent for there's so long. A, <clears throat> there's a comment here about the greatest fans in the world, but I, I'm going to leave it. Um, so it's safe to expect a bowl game at an absolute minimum this year and probably signs of continued progress, like signs that the system is coming together offensively because they there were flashes last year. So you're saying that although those fans have been frosted, they're not flakes. Instead, they're great! <sighs> we're going to get a cease and desist letter. Is it Post or Kellogg that makes frosted flakes? I don't know, but Tony the Tiger's Twitter uh, kind of already had a bit of a problem because furries found it. <laughs> and started 
It was it was just Tony oh, the Tiger no. being Twitters, you know, doing oh, doing no. you know, very innocent little kid friendly ads on Twitter, and then furries oh, found it no. and started um, oh, no. replying uh, very overt and graphic things to it, and eventually they kind of had to scrub poor Tony the Tiger's Twitter account. Oh, In any no. case. Um, we're hoping that that kind of graphic and strong pornography can be seen on the field for Nebraska. At least that's what they're hoping for. They're hoping for a lot of RPO pornography that will offend Pat Fitzgerald's delicate communist-fearing sensibilities. Because the fact of the matter is, you're better off red than dead. <laughs> um, I wonder if there's anything to there's be said about the fact that half the conference is red. And half the conference is not red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm... I'm sorry. I'm very bothered by that. <laughs> you know what? We can't. We can't very well end it there. Although, well, no, like... we're gonna we're gonna go through the schedule. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. You know what? I got. Look, I got. I have a deep vault in my mind of things, and I, I'm deliberately not thinking about it at all times. Like, uh, America. Um. Yeah. Okay. So schedule. Yeah. Uh, South Alabama at home to open. That's an easy win. That's that's as Nebraska close to Nebraska versus the USA. Yeah, man. Talking about better red than dead. You freaking communists, man. Um, and then road trip to Colorado. That'll be interesting. Um, Colorado, who knows if they'll be any good. They still have LaVisca Chenault. Uh, I think Steven Montez will be back as their quarterback. All former conference rivals should schedule the occasional home and home. Yes. My God, it's, yes. You know... I get that the things that we love about college football are, are gone largely and gone and we don't get them back, but at least throw us a bone every now and then. Yeah, and it, like, if Texas and Texas A&M would just shut up and kiss already, like... I can't get over the fact that their fight songs explicitly reference beating the other team. Uh, it's not the that's not unusual, though. I mean, Georgia Tech's does. Michigan yeah, State's they, used to. Yeah, but Georgia Tech plays Georgia every year. And to hell with Georgia, yeah. Yeah, like like my daddy used to do. But anyway, uh, I'm talking about everything but Nebraska and Colorado, apparently. Yeah, but that, I mean, that'll be an interesting game and probably the first barometer game of the year. Because after that, you know, they host NIU. That also, in a sense, is a little bit of a revenge game, but it's going to be, I think that's going to be pretty When different. we last saw NIU in person, they were destroying our hopes and dreams of Buffalo winning the MAC title. Yeah. They, in, in fact... In fact, our fears were realized when tears went into the end zone and just just dominated uh, the entire that secondary. Guy, yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, that that guy was. Anyway, they, that could be a stiffer test than, uh, than than they realize. It'll be interesting to see how they handle that one. Well, but look, so they've they've got the road game at Colorado in week two. Week five, they host Ohio State. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Who's coaching it? Uh, still, is it still McIntyre? No, he uh, left. Yeah, um, I don't know. Who cares? Who did it? No, the, the home game of Mel Ohio. Tucker. Right. The Georgia. Yeah, the Georgia player. guy. Um, Ohio State in week five. Road trip to Purdue, which is kind of going to feel like their rival for ascendancy in the Big Ten West. I mean, it's not to say that they're either of them are at the top of the division, but these two are obviously going to jockey for position with a lot of obvious comps between the two of them. Yes, this is this is the what Minnesota fans think P.J. Fleck is bowl. Right, right. <laughs> um, Big Ten West programs on the rise to national prominence. Yeah, it... Kind of hard to say that Fleck is anything better than the third best rising coach in the West, isn't it? And if you consider that, I mean, I don't think I would take Fleck over Fitzgerald. I don't think I'd take him over Ference. I'd probably, with Chris, it's closer. It's more of a coin flip because I don't know. It's still not, he's in kind of, Chris is in kind of the same position as Greg Gard. I don't know if he really has staying power or if he's still kind of riding the momentum of the last guy, but he's been there longer. It, it feels like he's fine. I'd probably still take Chris over Fleck. I would take Braum over Fleck. I would take Frost over Fleck. Really, the only coach in the West that I decisively would not take over P.J. Fleck would be Lovey. Yeah, yeah. who is uh, currently 1-1 one one against Right. <laughs> so the no, wait, no, he's not. He's 1-2 in Western Michigan. God damn it. <laughs> well, sure. Um, yeah. So that's an interesting little window into how we're going to be approaching Minnesota week. When is that? How much further along is that going to be? It can't be. much further. Yeah, further be. along than we thought, but not as... Far as some people had hoped. Yeah, but but so anyway, like I said, there's there's kind of these barometer games every few weeks where I almost maybe I'm giving Nebraska too much credit too soon, but I expect them to win like at least seven, probably eight games this year. Which means yeah, they're that, going to a bowl. Which means I'll be that the, if they don't. the ones that should determine how their season goes, like I said, it's to me it's Colorado, Ohio State, Purdue, and then the way those three games goes determines whether getting Wisconsin and Iowa at home two of the last three weeks is going to be playing for the division or just playing for kind of middling bowl seating. Um, I think it could easily be it could easily be the former. I mean, it, I don't know if I'm ready to say that they're going to leapfrog Purdue already, that they're ready to upend Wisconsin and Iowa, and sure, we'll throw Northwestern in there. They're technically the division champions. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to say Nebraska's jumping all the way to the top of that heap, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're in the, like, I don't think they're beating Ohio State, for example, but I think they'd probably keep that game close enough where you think, okay, well, this I mean, is on track. I mean, it's going to be a, a, a far cry from last year's debacle. Right, right. And so I don't think they're winning the division this year, but it doesn't surprise me if they get to that second bye. Well, and, you they, know, and the division is still up in the air such that they could win it. That's the thing. Like, you don't think of them as they're going to win the division, but then you ask yourself, who is? I think and it's you as, can't rule them out. No, like I said, it's as wide open as it's been. I, I kind of expect Purdue to take another step forward. You're going to say it, aren't you? My very favorite take from this offseason, which I've heard ad nauseum, and I don't care how true it is, I'm sick of hearing of it. I'm sick of hearing it. I think the Big Ten West is wide open. I think any team could win it. Except Illinois, of course, but... I don't think Minnesota could win it either, so there's that. The, although, I mean, to their credit, Minnesota has set up a lot going into this year. Sure. Uh, if they don't, I just I if they don't win if they don't win and win big this year, whether they win the division or not, if they don't win like nine or ten games and be right there in the picture, I think the the drumbeat of Firefleck might start because he set hell. He wrote some big checks. Mm. Uh, maybe mm. it's a little early for that, but yeah, as you mentioned, this is kind of a year that lines up with some, the way a lot of their depth chart is. That 
Cults of personality die hard. When they do, they flame spectacular. Yeah, but it's going to take more than winning eight games this year. <laughs> hmm. I mean, to, to get the alarm sound. Well, no, I mean, like, if they don't. I mean, yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah. Hard, if you're Nebraska, almost regardless. Last year was definitely a, doesn't matter what the results are, just show me the process is working, and you got that. Because the results were not there on the field, but the process was clearly working. Did get three conference wins. Um, and now this year, it's I think... It's got to be one of the most exciting seasons for Nebraska in oh, recent hell memory. Yeah. Oh, it, in a long time. Since I mean, was there was there any was there excitement for any of the other coaches? I mean, I mean, since Osborne, like, the, was well, there really for even for Pelini in his first year? Too? I mean, Solich had a couple of extremely good teams. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, like uh, Taylor Martinez sophomore year. Okay. I think there was a lot of hype. Okay. T Magic. Yeah, I remember. And they that. had a good defense. Yeah. Don King Su, I think, was on that. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was that was the. That was the one where they won the Big 12 championship game oh, hold on. until someone decided, oh, uh, yeah. One more second because it's Texas. <laughs> if, you know, I that, <laughs> a, that year a defensive tackle should have 100% won the Heisman, and I will die on that hill all day. If it, uh, if, if it wasn't already determined that Nebraska was leaving the Big 12, that had, like, didn't that, didn't that have to be the thing that did it for sure if it wasn't already decided? Like, okay, we won this game, and you completely fraudulently. Just, just put extra time on the clock for these motherfuckers, for <laughs> for these these steer humping, like already just outside. Yeah, no, it. I I don't blame them at all for leaving. Even though I think overall, and maybe even from outside of a couple things like volleyball, I think from a, a complete athletics department perspective, the move to the Big Ten has probably not resulted in as much success as Nebraska fans might have wanted. You know what? I would disagree with that because they've built a basketball program out of nothing since moving to the Big Ten. Um, they've built, I mean, I don't know if I would agree with that. They've they built a nice building. They built interested fans, which is not hard to do when there aren't many in Lincoln and Omaha. Um, and now they've got a new coach, remember, they just fired their coach for a really bad season that should have been a good one. Yeah, but their new coach is Fred Hoiberg. Right, and so... We, yeah, when you said built a program, I like sure a program that won't be in the bottom of the conference. What program sure. do you believe in more, them or Rutgers? I guess Nebraska, but how about Nebraska ball versus Illinois? If we're talking the next few years, yeah, probably Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, and we're we're like ostensibly supposed to be somebody. So yeah, but no, they've absolutely built a much better program than they had going. The foundations are there much more strongly. A, that's not saying anything though. What did Nebraska ball have going before? Yeah, before they had the nothing. But the point is, they built their their second biggest revenue sport, um, kind of from nothing into like, mm, yeah, they made a they made an NCAA tournament. You know, that's that's certainly not nothing. Wait, did they? Yeah. What year? Um. Oh God, what were the the, the guys' names would just. I know I that they want those Petaway and Pitch teams. I don't think they did. Yeah, they did. They lost to Tennessee, I think, in an eleven seed play-in game, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, that happened to Iowa. That may have also happened to Iowa. There it is. 2013-2014. So they made the tournament once in the last twenty years. Yeah, but that's since joining the Big Ten. They've had the biggest accomplishment of their basketball program's history since joining the Big... Not in their history, but in recent history since joining the Big Ten. That doesn't do anything for me. Um, Well, look, Nebraska fans may have had this expectation that, you know, as as a lot of conference, uh, you know, 
myopia can set in where you're thinking like, okay, well look, we're in the Big 12 dealing with big boys, Oklahoma and Texas, that play in national title games and stuff, and we're just like right there punching with them. We're going to go to the Big 10, and we're going to be punching with their national title people, and then that just like didn't happen. But Nebraska remains a very competitive, I mean, it, it, it certainly hasn't taken off. Now that they're free of Texas, but I I think that they're generally happy with the move outside of missing Oklahoma. Hmm. I'd be curious to know. Maybe we'll attach a poll to this. I didn't. Th- I did not plan at all for us to go in this direction. What even prompted this conversation? I don't. I'm know. Trying not to talk about Tony <coughs> the Tiger anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna. We're gonna need to put a trigger warning on this article. You know that, right? <laughs> Your source for Big Ten talk. It's off tackle empire.